You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. Tonight, we're talking about Bruce Lee's 1973 martial arts classic, Enter the Dragon. Our dreams, they feel real while we're in them, right? It's only when we wake up that we realize something is actually strange. The middle children of history, man. No purpose or place. We have no great war. No great depression. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Brian Elkins. With me tonight, Mr. Paul Williams. What's up? What's going on, dude? A little, little excited to be talking about uh, martial arts and Bruce Lee here tonight. First martial arts film and, and our, our first Asian film as well. I mean, well, Chinese film as well. It, you know, it kind of goes along the lines of, you know, we've done animes before and stuff like that. It seemed fitting to, to do Into the Dragon. When you're talking about we've covered a lot of Asian cinema, um, it's mostly been Japanese up until this point. So, you know, hey, we're going to go into some yep. Chinese, Hong Kong action territory. Um, I don't know what you, you consider this. I guess I guess we consider it Chinese now. But at the time, like, Hong Kong was its own market. Like, it was it was different. Like, there, there were these action movies coming out of yeah. Hong Kong. Like, this is the same market that gave us, like, you know, John Woo later, who even came to Hollywood later. Um, well, not later, but, in, you know, in, in the 90s in his career. Yeah, there's a lot of these, um, you know, Bruce Lee movies were also released after his death. A lot of those movies weren't really, at least to my knowledge, pre-Enter the, the popularity of Enter the Dragon. Yeah, well, Bruce Lee's films before Enter the Dragon, there's really three that he did in Hong Kong. Big Boss, also known as Fist of Fury here in the United States, um, and... Fist of Fury, also known as the Chinese Connection here in the, in the United States. I know that's confusing. Uh, Return of the Dragon, also known as Way of the Dragon. And those are the three that he did um, before Enter the Dragon. Now, those were released in the States before, but they definitely got a lot of play after Enter the Dragon came out. We should mention that Bruce Lee, martial artist, he was in The Green Hornet, which was a TV show. That's, that's where he got his, his start on screen, but he went to Hong Kong, and I guess the first film that he did, that it, you know, that's his first big martial arts movie, where he was a star is The Big Boss, also known as Fist of Fury. Yeah. Have you seen this movie? Yes, yeah, that's a phenomenal movie. It's, it's, I mean, I, I love all of his movies. <laughs> okay, I'll be honest with you. This is my least favorite Bruce Lee film. It's missing a lot of the the Bruce Lee elements to to really make it a Bruce Lee movie. It's just missing a lot of elements, dude. I don't know how else to to put it. It's his screams, the slow mo, the kicks. 
that being said, it's still a fun movie. Spoiler for the end, it does. Well, okay, I won't spoil the end for you. I won't. But it does have a, a very non-conventional ending uh, for the hero. Moving on, Chinese Connection. What do you think of this one, Paul? Chinese Connection. Probably any of the dragon and Chinese Connection are probably my favorite. It almost had this um, kind of gangs of New York vibe to it. It's not really gangs. They were like dojos. I do remember kind of what you're talking about with, you know, Big Boss. Uh, I didn't really feel it was like that in Chinese Connection. You know, I, I felt like you know, I was watching an actual Bruce Lee movie. Oh, yeah. No, that's the one that's got the famous uh, Bruce Lee with the, the hands that are moving in slow motion. And you can see the trails of his hands because they're moving yeah. so fast. You know, I mean, like, how iconic of a shot is that? Like, that's Bruce Lee. And, and, and he was not a conventional martial artist either he to be honest with you it's like that guy that guy was like a master in martial arts and multiple forms of martial arts and even boxing it, and that kind of caused him problems so i mean yeah he took uh he took a lot of different forms he made his own form of uh of martial arts he taught a lot of um famous celebrities martial arts james colburn steve mcqueen I mean, huge, huge movie stars back in the in the in the late sixties, seventies, uh, man. Even even Kareem Jabbar, basketball player. Chuck Norris. He even fights him on screen in Game of Death. Chuck Norris. He fights him yeah. in uh, Return of the Dragon or Way of the Dragon, whatever you want to call it. Bruce really, honestly, single-handedly kind of brought martial arts to America, you know, in, in like a mass. It is a shame that he brought it here and it got real popular after his death. He's even influenced modern day, certain modern day video game characters, but other movie characters and the whole martial arts genre of movies, like all the the Seagulls and the the Van Dams and, you know, and all that shit. Like, okay, so Enter the Dragon, we're talking about Enter the Dragon. Look at the plot for that. I mean, that's Mortal Kombat used that same plot. The quest with Jean-Claude Van Damme, Kickboxer, Bloodsport. Um, you know, I mean, they all use yeah. plot elements from Enter the Dragon. Yeah. I mean, when you take the character Fei Long from Street Fighter, Fei Long looks exactly like Bruce Lee, dude. <laughs> exactly like him. Even Liu Kang from Mortal Kombat is loosely based on Bruce Lee. Well, yeah, the guy they even got to play him in the film adaptation looked like him. You know, it's like they were going for a Bruce Lee lookalike. You could tell, like, even the way they had his uh, has had his hair. So, I mean, this man, these many years after his death, is still managed to influence people. And see, that's that's the one thing about Bruce Lee, and he shows it in, in the Dragon, like classic Chinese metaphors. Like, <laughs> there's quite a few metaphors that he uses in, in some of his movies. And even when you, you know, watch interviews with him and hear him speak, my, my opponent expands, I contract. My opponent contracts, I expand. Metaphorical stuff like that. That, that was a lot of his teaching, and there's a lot of that in, in his book, too. The Tao of Jeet Kune Do. Uh, we talked about uh, Big Boss, Fist of Fury. What, what did you think of uh, Return of the Dragon, Way of the Dragon, whatever you want to call it? Yeah, I remember the Chuck Norris fight when him and Chuck Norris were like 
they're like standing outside and there's like that brick, brick archway behind them and shit. The yeah. Roman Coliseum. Hello. I mean, dude, come on. How badass is it to yeah. see Bruce oh, yeah, Lee yeah. versus Chuck Norris in the Roman Coliseum? The Gladiators. Uh, it's got a nice feel. It takes place mostly in Italy. It's got this nice foreign vibe. And, you know, a lot of his movies have uh, race issues where he'll he'll touch on some, some little bit of racism in his films. Like even The Chinese Connection had a Japanese versus Chinese. It had something to say about that racial tension there. Lee makes Enter the Dragon. Bruce Lee dies before the film is even released. And Enter the Dragon yes. is the first... Um, Hollywood produced martial arts movie. There, there have been like so many conspiracy theories and all this stuff that surround uh, his death and everything from the Chinese triad to it's it's all just crackpot bullshit theories. What really happened was, you know, he had a badass headache and he took some painkillers and was allergic to it and died. I think it's on the book Sucks. as uh, cerebral edemia. Yeah. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, it was uh, an allergic reaction to a painkiller. Yeah. <laughs> it's like right after this movie came out, that's when all the big martial arts, you know, there's like karate and, you know, everybody wants to learn kung fu. And, you know, they had that big song in the 70s. Everybody was kung fu fighting. Those kicks were fast as lightning. Really was sad that he passed, but the the man did manage to make a very very big influence on people, and continues to still make an influence on people this many years later. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, there's just something about Bruce Lee. Like you can't even you can't put your finger on it. He's the fucking John Wayne of martial arts films. I mean, no, dude. I mean, like think about what he did just in general, like. This is an Asian actor, like a leading man in a role, the hero role in a movie. Like at that point in time in Hollywood, that just wasn't a thing. And here is Bruce Lee in that role. And we are all, you know, America is all really ready to embrace him. Think about all the doors that he opened. I mean, you know what I mean? Like this is after World War Two. Yeah, kind of adds to everything that the man did. And he you know, achieved a lot, man. I mean, considering he died, you know, in his thirties to see, like I said, he passed away 32 years old. He was like in the prime of his life. Still. He brought martial arts films pretty much single-handedly over to the United States in a, in a really big way. I'm not saying that he's the only martial arts person, but man, dude, Enter the dragon made things really mainstream. And this movie was really big. Yeah. Now he also made a he also shot I should say a couple scenes from a film he was going to make Game of Death and he actually died before completing the film. What what they did with Game of Death is kind of is kind of bullshit and it really pisses me off. You're, you're taking the new footage that you were shooting with this actor before his passing and then you're just putting it together with a bunch of other bullshits. The last movie was really, really popular, and it's something that you felt that would line your pockets. The, the the back up a little bit, what they did with Game of Game of Death, those couple of scenes that they shot, they ended up making a full length movie, and they hired uh, some other actors to stand in, and they even took uh, shots where they would cut out Bruce Lee's face. I'm not I'm not making this up. I'll see if we can find something online, 
But there's a great shot where he's looking in a mirror, the stand-in for Bruce Lee, and there is an actual Bruce Lee cutout face that is superimposed on top of the guy's head. It it yeah. looks like South Park. It's so bad. That's I mean, it's so terrible. Yeah, it looks like terrible. And the film is the film is really really bad. It's it's really boring to be honest with you. And the fight scenes outside of the end. The end has uh, Bruce Lee. It's you know he's in the famous um, yellow jumpsuit with the black stripes on it. The one that uh, Uma Thurman from Kill Bill. I mean that in battle scene he has with he fights like two or three guys. It's it's pretty cool. It's awesome. But dude, that's like ten minutes of the movie, and the rest of the movie is just uh, some other guy doing stuff and them constantly putting shadows over his face so you can't. You can clearly see it's not Bruce Lee. I don't know who they're trying to fool. Like, I guess people, you know, I guess they were like, ah, you know, nobody's gonna know. It's, man, it's, it's a, it's a bad idea. It's just terrible. It, it's kind of disrespectful. It's, it's not really good. So in game, in game of death, the way Bruce Lee's character dies, or they, they think they kill him, but they don't. He plays an actor that's shooting scenes, of course, from the Chinese Connection. And, uh, you know, at the end of the Chinese Connection, his character his character is implied to get shot. And they're shooting that scene, and he gets shot, and it's presumed he, he's dead. Very similar to how Mr. Brandon Lee passed away. Yeah, his son was shooting uh, for the movie The Crow. There was casing that had got lodged in the barrel from the previous round. And when the stuntman fired it, he didn't, you know, didn't have a clue that there was a casing in there. If I'm not mistaken, also, I think... Brandon Lee was around about the same age as five when he got killed. I like the I like those Brandon Lee movies that I've seen. Uh, Showdown in Little Tokyo, Rapid Fire, uh, Rapid yeah. Fire. I kind of I have a soft spot in my heart for that movie, dude. Yeah, I enjoy Rapid Fire as well, man. That's a good one. I mean, I like I like Showdown in Little Tokyo. Uh, I think that's I actually prefer Brandon Lee's character over Dolph Lundgren's character in that movie. But yeah, I mean, even The Crow. The Crow's not a bad movie. I mean, I, I think it's a pretty decent film. I don't know, man. It's just, it's after seeing South Park, dude, and the goth kids, it's kind of hard for me not to laugh. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of hard for me not to laugh at The Crow. I don't mean to be a dick and to be that guy. You're being a dick and you're being that guy because thanks, dude. You just you just fucked up The Crow for me. Thank you. Appreciate that. It's just one of those things. Once you see that episode of South Park, it's just kind of like, oh, man. Yeah, those guys kind of all look like they came out of the crow. Yeah, it is. It is sad. Um, all joking aside, it is. It's really sad what happened to Brandon Lee and to Bruce Lee. You know, I would like to have seen what Brandon Lee could have done. I really like to would have liked to have seen some of the movies that were planned for Bruce Lee. He was going to do something with uh, George Lenzenby, supposedly, who was um, you know hot off the new Bond film on Her Majesty's Secret Service, which is one of the best Bond movies ever. Was he going to do a movie with James Colburn? Was he going to do something with Steve McQueen? You know, it's a real tragedy what happened to both him and his son. And I I, I can't, I couldn't agree with you more, man. I, I would have loved to see more from both of them. I guess we should shift gear now a little bit over into uh, Enter the Dragon and some of the people that made that. The director, Robert Klaus. This guy was deaf. And he made this movie in Hong Kong. Like, this movie was shot. Okay, it was American money, but this movie was shot in Hong Kong. Kudos to that, man. If I'm not mistaken, Robert Klaus passed away. Um, he passed away shortly, 
not too long after Bruce Lee did. No, 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 man. He went on and had a good career. He made those China O'Brien movies with Cynthia Rothrock, which those are kind of guilty pleasures of mine. In between the ages of 10 to uh, 13, those were pretty awesome when they those came on HBO. Remember that? And like Jeff Speakman and The Perfect Weapon. You know, those like early 90s um, VOD. Well, it wasn't VOD then. It was direct to HBO or direct to video. The music was done by um, Lilo Schifrin, who previously had done the music for the TV show Mission Impossible. I really love the drums in it, and I really love a lot of the Asian instruments, and it's just it's just phenomenal, man. It, it's so ridiculous. Like even when you get the title card, you hear like Bruce Lee going "Wow!" Like that's part of the soundtrack. It fits so perfectly in the movie. It almost makes the movie kind of a little bit. I think you're definitely on point for it feeling like a Bond film because there are some Bond elements and i do think i do think that even in the music the bond influence is there yeah definitely the other two supporting actors we should probably mention jim kelly and uh john saxton uh i look you know what let's talk about jim kelly first you're straight out of a comic book man that dude has some of the coolest lines it is defeat that you must learn to prepare for don't waste my time with it when it comes i won't even notice oh how so i'll be too busy looking good jim kelly martial arts guy totally selling me on the martial arts here dude you look amazing fighting i i I buy him i totally believe he could kick a lot of dudes asses afro samurai would not exist if it wasn't for jim kelly john saxton maybe not so much no I wasn't I wasn't a huge fan of, of John Saxton's character. And I'm not saying John Saxton's a bad actor. I like John Saxton as an actor. He even said in an interview that he would never do another martial arts movie again after doing Enter the Dragon. I can see that. I almost feel like their role should have been replaced. And the funny thing about it is... You're talking about Jim, Jim Kelly, Kelly and, and, uh, and John Saxton? You think their roles should have been no, switched in the movie? Jim Kelly should have played Roper... And I think John Saxton should have played Williams. But there was a different actor that was supposed to play William. And that actor bailed out. And that's how Jim Kelly got the job. I don't I wouldn't want him to switch characters. I would want him to play the same characters, but I would want I would want more screen time for the Williams character and less for the Roper character. You know what I mean? See, that's what I'm saying. Like, Without spoiling anything in the movie. Been, well, I mean, they should have been, like I said, they should have been, their characters should have been switched. Williams should have been in the spot where Roper is, and Roper should have been in the spot where Williams is. Okay, you know, okay. I, just, I, say, I thought you were talking about, like, you actually wanted, I thought you wanted Jim Kelly to play the Roper part. Is I thought that's what you were saying. My bad. Like, Jim Kelly, he, one of the main reasons to watch this movie, other than Bruce Lee, man, he really is. This guy, this guy is, is, is just awesome. If Bruce Lee's not on screen, Jim Kelly better be on screen, dude. I tell you that much right now, because (laughs) if, if either one of them are are absent, you know, they're both gone from screen. It, man, the movie does kind of, it starts, it starts to slow down. It loses that charisma. Jim Kelly went on to do a bunch of really cool 
martial arts movies in his career. He also went on to work with uh, Robert Klaus, the director of Enter the Dragon, on uh, that Black Belt Jones. Uh, I have seen that. I have not seen the sequels or any of that. But And I guess we got to mention, we have to mention, that John Saxton, he's the dad from Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay? I mean, come on. That that's where I know him from. I grew up with the guy. He was the dad of Nightmare on Elm Street. He can't handle the man can't handle being in a martial arts film. But he can damn sure take out Freddy Krueger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wait, can he take out Freddy Krueger? Wait, how did he take You talking about when he got burned the first time by the parents? No, I'm talking about in part 3. Did he Dream take him Wars. out in part 3? They dug him up. I think Freddy ended up killing him, but yeah, I thought I thought Freddie killed the no Freddie killed him in part three. Total spoilers, by the yeah, way. He does yeah, Freddie kills the dad, but he he tries, man. He like he fights him off with the shovel for a minute. It's crazy. Like I will always think of John Saxon as a dad from Nightmare on Elm Street, but I I actually saw him <laughs> in Enter the Dragon <laughs> before Nightmare on Elm Street. Paul, do you have anything else before? Uh... Nah, I don't think so. All right, so we're gonna play the trailer. We'll be back right after, and we're going to spoil everything, go into complete in-depth discussion for Enter the Dragon. Stay tuned. Roper, Williams, and Lee, the Deadly Three, penetrate the secret chambers of an evil island empire. What do you know about Han? He lives like a king on that island, totally self-sufficient. A fortress without walls, protected by an invincible army that needs no ordinary weapons. This is Enter the Dragon, the first martial arts film produced by a major Hollywood studio. John Saxon is Roper. He was in it for the money. U.S. karate champion Jim Kelly as Williams. He was there because he had no choice. Black Belt Hall of Fame undisputed martial arts champion and international film star Bruce Lee. His job was to get them out alive. I'm hoping you'll join us, represent us in the United States. You want me to join this? Roper, Williams, and Lee. Just when they think they've broken the secret of the island, they find there is no escape from the inscrutable Han. Warner Brothers presents Enter the Dragon, where the world's greatest martial arts athletes meet the ultimate challenge with the most ancient and deadly of weapons, the human body. Enter the Dragon from Warner Brothers. All right, we're back. We're talking Enter the Dragon, 1973 Bruce Lee movie, released from my favorite studio, Warner Brothers, the studio that brought you the first martial arts film released from American Studio. Love Warner Brothers. Anyway, okay, Warner Brothers love, out of the way. Movie starts, fight scene. What would you think of the first fight scene, Paul? That was pretty good. You could tell it was a, like it's like a sparring match. Pretty much. I really thought the choreography was, was done very, very well, which which Bruce Lee was the head choreographer, fight choreographer. I, th- I thought it was great, especially with when they, with the end of the fight when the guys kind of all put their hands together and Bruce Lee does that fucking badass backflip. Yeah. <laughs> that is pretty I really, awesome. I really enjoy the a lot of the, the vibrant colors of this film. Every scene, even some of the darker scenes, um, still managed to have vibrant colors to them. 
It looks great. They're just yeah. these two guys. Here they are, these two opponents out neck to neck, head to head, toe to toe. However, whatever body part versus whatever other body part. And then it goes straight it goes straight into plot right away, right after this. You know, the whole conversation with, with Bruce Lee and the and the Shaolin Master and you kind of find out at this point in time a little bit about our bad guy. Well, I mean, you don't really find out much. You just find out that he's like disgraced the Shaolin Temple. Bruce Lee needs to go talk to this. Go needs to go talk to this dude. What was his name? Breathweight. Breathweight. Some something along those lines. Like, dude, I mean, this guy has got this crazy name. You never really know what organization he's from. No, you really don't. And like, the guy really does like serve pretty much other than briefing. Bruce Lee, he really serves no major purpose in the movie. Well, he gets he gets it's, the it's plot going. Funny. Yeah, he does get the plot going, and I love I love the the one scene when they're walking, and Bruce Lee is like, "Would you like some tea?" He's like, "Oh yes, I would love some tea." It's like, "You mean you gonna ask a British man if he wants tea?" Bruce Lee kind of breaks him off, like right in the middle of the conversation. He's like, "Oh, I have to go trade." <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to like poke fun at it or anything, but it's like it's just so abrupt. Like Bruce Lee's like this guy's explaining to Bruce Lee what's going on, and he's just like, hold on, I gotta go train this kid for like two and a half minutes. And then you get the, the title card comes up, you get the awesome music, it plays, epic ass music. Well, you get everybody awesome. introduced right away. You kind of kind of yeah. see them all go about their business. They're getting introduced into Hong Kong. We're getting to see the city, where they're going. Man, I, I really like all this stuff, dude. Um, like how it progresses, you know, into the movie where eventually they're on the boats and they're in the slums and you see people living on the boats. And even Jim Kelly has that line about the ghettos. It is a moment where you have something where they actually have something to say. You know, before Williams's character gets there, you know, there's that scene where he has with the cops, they're calling him racial kind of racial slurs and stuff like that. And he ends up kind of taking them both out and takes the cop car. You're talking about his flashback. I mean, it is kind of convenient though in the movie. Like he's already going to Hong Kong, and he's escaping the police by also going he's to just the like experiment. With it. I wish they gave his character a little bit something more to do there. Yeah, same here, man. I mean, just like when they introduced John Saxon's character Roper, the guys like. Playing freaking golf. Oh yeah, his flashback. So like all these guys are on the on these are on these boats that are being pushed along by peasants in Hong Kong. And they're having their flashback moments to show you how they got there. And the Roper character played by John Saxon. That whole golf with the betting, I like it. It's fine. I'm all I'm dude, I'm all on board with this character. I like everything. It's it's the martial arts. Kicks are a little weak. I'm, I'm sorry to be. I, I don't mean to be hard on the guy. I, I'm really not trying to be disrespectful. Neither one of us are trying to be like you know, like poking fun at the guy or nothing and saying he, you know, he kicks like a five year old. But look, he's in a movie with Jim yeah. Kelly and Bruce Lee. He doesn't look the best. Okay, he's a little out of his league. You know, that's just, of, that's what the problem league. is. Yep, definitely, <laughs> definitely out of his league. I guess uh, we didn't go into like the whole government agency wanting to get Bruce Lee's character into the island to get information for them to prove that these guys are committing crimes so they can do something. So he needs to come out with evidence. Yes, 
when he's talking to that guy, man, he's like, why doesn't somebody just pull out a, a gun and shoot him? Bow. It's over with. Oh, there's no guns on the island, blah, 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 blah. And then Bruce Lee's character starts to question, what exactly do you do, kind of? You know, He's like, oh, we just gather information and we distribute it to the other governments and let them act on it. We're, we're a third party here, okay? We're pretty much like the CIA for hire, okay? that That's what we are. And, you know, the the thing that they do smart that I don't think they do right in all the other spinoffs like Mortal Kombat and all that other – their whole reason that they're doing this tournament is so, yes, Han is a bad guy, he's a drug dealer, and he's recruiting people through these tournaments so he can get these people to push his product and to sell it. And be bodyguards. He's getting John Saxon out there to, I guess he's going to solve his money problems, and then he'll be out there selling Han's heroin. I like that. It's it's a, it's a good reason for this whole tournament to even happen. You know, it, it does give it, uh, a James Bond feel that I don't know, man. Mortal Kombat and Kickboxer and and Bloodsport and even the Quest films that had this similar theme of these tournaments and and fighting championships. They just never really captured the magic because this film is just has a nice. It's a nice collage of other different genres. All kinds of different elements to the to the movie. I mean, there are even kind of some psychedelic moments in this movie. Oh yeah, like uh, I we're in we're in spoiler territory now. So like in Jim Kelly's death scene, like he's in Han's office yeah. and they're they're having that fight, and he gets kicked through the wall, and all of a sudden he's like next to some prostitutes that are all tripping on. I well, I guess they're all high on heroin. That is the hippie room of the movie, though. That is like straight up the the psychedelic hippie room of the movie. Real quick thing, I I did want to touch on in Bruce Lee's flashback. Where he's he's talking to this old man and he's telling him about his sister, and then there's another flashback. So it's a flashback within a flashback. A little confusing. <laughs> it, it, Double flashback. <laughs> One of the thugs that works for Han, this cat named O'Hara, played by the great Robert Wall from Way of the Dragon, who is also sporting the same scar from Way of the Dragon. This sequence here, pretty much, they end up causing the murder. Or the death, I should say, of Bruce Lee's sister. He, when he finds that out, man, he's he's, he's kind of pissed about it. He's, he's kind of pissed off, you know. I mean, who wouldn't be pissed off? The guy you're after, his right-hand man, was involved with your sister's death. Okay, but one thing I kind of dislike about the film, one thing of it's kind of always gotten under my skin. Dude, outside of the grave sequence that happens... Like the next, the next scene after where he goes and visits, like I think his sister and his mom in the graveyard. Outside of that, in the in the yeah. very end where he drops, like you know, you've disrespected my family and the Shaolin Temple when he's talking to Han at the very end. Outside of that, dude, this is not mentioned ever again or brought up. I guess there's a flashback sequence, a cut in when Bruce Lee finally takes this guy out, but I mean, really, no. there's no more mention of this. It's not any more mention of it. During, feels, the, during the whole film. It feels very tacked on to me. If Bruce Lee was going onto this island to find his sister instead of the other operative, then that would have made more sense. I mean, what happens in this movie is it's kind of implied that she's going to be raped and maybe murdered or... Sold into some, some sort of sex trafficking or brothel. Yeah, either way, it, it wasn't looking good for her. I mean... Uh, and she ends up taking her own life. It's it, it's a pretty powerful scene. I really like how that shot, the imagery 
is extremely rememberable. Like when she pulls out that yeah. piece of glass and the focus shifts uh, from the guy, you know, the O'Hara guy to the glass shard. It's a good, it's a good piece of filmmaking right there. I really, I really like that shot. They repeat it later when Bruce Lee takes this guy out. I think there's a reason for it. It's a, it's a real powerful image. I just wish they would have brought it up more. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't break the film for me. I just look at it as like kind of another reason for him to have a, a cool fight scene that has some emotional weight for the middle of the movie. That's really why they're doing it. Yeah, he's totally getting his cake and eating it too because he's taking out the guy who is basically the cause of his sister's death and he's also handling the big bad. Let's, let's get back to the movie. Um, they all get on one giant boat and get sailed out to the island. Uh, you know, there's a little cool scene, the art of fighting without fighting. I don't know. It, it shows you a little bit about Bruce Lee and what he was about. It wasn't always like, yeah, okay, this guy's picking on the little dude. I need to go kick his ass. It's like, no, you know what? I'll just take him out of the equation peacefully. It's, a, it's this Irish guy or this Scottish. What I don't. What is he? Is he Irish or Australian? What? New Zealand? Irish or Scottish or something like that. But the, the, dude's, the dude's a douchebag. Yeah, at first he tries to he tries to kind of talk shit to Williams, and then he talks shit to fucking Bruce. And he's picking on all the uh, the sailors that are on the boat. Yeah, he trips the kid with the oranges. Bruce Lee ends up tricking him, gets him out on a boat, a little lifeboat on a on a string, and all and all the kids and crew members that he was making fun of on the boat now have the rope, and you know they're causing the causing the life raft to sink. It, man, it's a cute little scene. I, I like it. It seems very Bruce Lee to me, and it gives us a moment where he's just not doing crazy, intense things. Yeah, it gives you, like, a moment of levity, I guess. And, you know, during all this is also when Bruce kind of really meets Saxon because you have that whole bedding scene with the uh, Mant- the Mantis fight. Oh, yeah, that's pretty cool, man. Oh, dude, I bet you that took forever to get that. Oh, I bet it did, too. You could those are those are probably real mantises because they were shooting in Hong Kong. I don't think there's any any laws against think, harming animals fighting, in Hong Kong. I think bug fighting is a kind of a big sport in Asia. I know it is in Japan. Uh, you definitely cannot know, do that in America. I think if you step on a spider on a film set, that people would lose their fucking mind. I think John Saxon's acting in this movie was good. Yeah, I really, I really, really like the scene between them. I like the interaction between the two of them quite a bit. They get to the island. All the all the fighters that show up, they get thrown a big feast. And you know, hey, look after you after you have a big meal, everybody knows you need to have some prostitutes brought by your room, and you can just pick whichever yeah, prostitute man, what you better, want. What hospitality, dude? What yeah, what better way to work off? All that food that you just ate. Jim Kelly stuff is is funny. It's supposed to be played for laugh because he picks like every single prostitute that's brought to him. He takes. Uh, he picks like three or four girls. John Saxon ends up taking the, the madam of the the brothel establishment that's in Hans Island. That you have the scene where um where they're throwing the apples out. One of the girls that throws a knife at the apple that lands to Bruce Lee, that ends up being one of the secret agents or one of the moles that Mr. Breathwaite yeah. placed there. And that sets up this whole night sequence where like Bruce Lee 
goes into the base, it sets up this really cool thing where Han thinks that it's actually Jim Kelly that was doing it and not Bruce Lee. Kind of, kind of James Bond, kind of Mission Impossible scene right there when he's sneaking around. And I mean, you know, you know, Bruce Lee's character in Enter the Dragon is kind of like an Asian martial arts Bond. And then we get introduced to probably one of the most iconic Asian bad guys in movies. Are you talking about Bolo Young? Bolo. Bolo Young, yeah. This guy's been in quite a few movies. Uh, I'm pretty sure he was in Kickboxer. He was in Bloodsport. Oh, dude, he was, he, was, yeah. uh, he had that big fight um, at, at Double Impact where Van Damme had the twins. Oh, fuck, bro. I love that movie. I don't know why. <laughs> Double Impact. Wow. You know, you know what's crazy, though, is like I brought that up and you knew exactly what I was talking about. You were like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, hey, look, we're in the same boat here, bud. I, I've seen Double Impact. I've seen Double Impact quite a few times. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. I mean, it was like on HBO like all the time, and then it was like on TBS all the time. It, nonstop. Let's play a bad guy in a lot of a lot of uh lot a lot of fucking movies. He does such a good job at it. Han takes out these guards in the in the in this scene to like kind of prove himself and to show like what a badass he is. Yeah, make an example of him. Look, Bruce Lee is there to gather evidence, right? That these guys are doing something illegal. They killed their employees. Like, yeah, these guys are guards, but, like, what contract did they sign that said that they could be killed if they made a mistake and they fucked up? I mean, like... That's bad, man. What? What's going on here? I mean, you know, once again, going back to the whole Bond thing, you know, it's like this guy's kind of a megalomaniacal madman. Well, dude, all I'm saying is his pay must be really good. They just got their butts kicked. And now they're getting killed. Once the rumor spread around on how you treat your employees, there's no one going to want to work for you. <laughs> I know, right? Don't go work there. I mean, come on, if dude. You, if you fuck up, they'll kill you. Yeah, shit. They don't even give you a verbal warning. Like right, at, right after that scene, it's kind of abrupt. Um, Lee goes in and he fights O'Hara, played by the great Robert Wall. I have three set pieces that I absolutely love in this movie. And this is the first one. It's the guy that, that was involved in the sister's death. He just basically dominates his ass. I mean, just, just beats him up pretty bad. You know, he picks up the bottles and goes to bust them and tries to attack Bruce Lee. From what I understand, fun thing is, when Bruce Lee kicks him in that scene right there, uh, Bruce Lee actually got cut by one of those pieces, one of those glass bottles. Yeah, it's because it's real um, glass, dude. They shot this in Hong Kong. They didn't have breakaway glass. That's real. Yeah. Those are real so, glass yeah. bottles in that in that scene. That's no bullshit. So when you're watching that scene in slow motion, dude, they use a lot of slow motion in this movie, and it looks fantastic. I don't know how much light Amazing. they were pumping on it because here goes a little thing. But when you do slow motion on a film camera, you also have to uh, put more light on it. I mean, you have to think that's real glass in that slow mo, and he's doing that for real. He ended up actually getting cut by it. But, I mean, from what I understand, it wasn't it wasn't nothing serious. The thing is, he was actually going. I think he was actually going to let Ahar live until Ahar attacked him with the glass. And when he attacked him with the glass, he was like, "No, nah, dude, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna kill your ass." Slow mo, 
uh, spray sweat and do a super cry crazy face and like step on step on his face <laughs> or his collarbone or I don't know what he was stepping on, but he was stepping on something hurting this guy. And that in that moment right there, man, when Bruce Lee makes that face in that slow motion shot, that has been replayed and redone so many times in comedies and, and just everywhere, man. I mean, that's, that's a shot in a lot of those uh those like Bruce Lee knockoff movies pretty much after Game of Death and maybe there was a couple that came out before but man they they made like Fist of Fury 2 and Game of Death 2 anyway they just took Bruce Lee footage and they would splice him in to these movies and dude they would release films on VHS and be like oh yeah it's such and such with Bruce Lee. I remember renting these from the video store, dude, being like, oh, hey, look, I haven't seen that Bruce Lee movie. There's really only four yeah, Bruce Lee movies plus half of Game of Death. Yeah. Five if you want to count that. Yeah, it's kind of bullshit, man. You, yeah, no one should waste their time watching that crap. If you want to watch Bruce Lee movies, watch, watch his four original films. And it should be mentioned that uh, Han does actually try to stop O'Hara. Um, cause Bruce Lee, like he meant, dude, he, he puts him to shame really quick a couple of times in their match. He just kind of bitch slaps the shit out of him. The whole scene with, with Williams is also where you, you really kind of get introduced a little bit more to the Hans character and stuff too. And you find out that, you know, he's got a fake hand, like one of his hands are fake. Yeah. Where he has all those different like hand models, uh, stuck out. He's like, Hey, look, this is my. A Bigfoot hand. This is <laughs> this is my machete hand, and he's got all these my different hands ball. that he puts. It's he's like uh, he's like a very early uh, Inspector Gadget. This is my damn bear claw right here. I he I, I do love it. this though. This is something that's like it's very Bond villain. You know, it reminds you a little bit of Doctor No, who had those uh, mechanical hands in the very first Bond film with Sean Connery, like even Jaws. And those Roger Moore Bond films, like it just gives you that larger than life persona in your villain. And I really want that's one of the things that I really like about Enemy of the Dragon is the fact that it has that kind of Bond secret agent kind of feel to it. Oh, yeah, especially like when Han is uh, trying to get Roper over to his side and seduce him to sell heroin for him. He, sh- he shows him and he's got Williams. Jim Kelly's like all strapped up above this pool. Like if he's not dead already, he's disposing of the body right now. Lee breaks into the underground fortress again. And dude, let's just fucking cut you the chase. Yes, there's a scene with him handling a cobra. It's amazing. It's awesome. Dude, let's just talk about the fucking nunchucks and how awesome this this is the second best set piece of the movie in my book. It is amazing. He's using the bow staff, and he's just down there kicking ass. He's he's just kicking everybody's ass. You know, once he gets those nunchucks, man, it's like I think when I when I was a kid, man, I wanted to be able to use nunchucks like that. Like I wanted to be able to use nunchucks like Bruce Lee and the Dragon. Well, you know, one thing I always loved about this fight was how it progressed and how he got each weapon. He just kind of stumbles across each weapon that he uses, and he switches to a different uh, style. How that progression happens, it feels very natural. I love it. You know, that entire set piece is, is also just phenomenal. It looks, it looks amazing. The lighting is amazing. I mean, 
And we should say in this cave sequence, I can't, uh, I can't one hundred percent remember where it is, but I know Jackie Chan does show up. Uh, man, I can't, I, I guys, I can't remember one hundred percent where it is. You guys can look it up online. I'm sure you can, sh- you know, just Google it. Um, if I can find something with a video, it's like Jack, you know, Jackie Chan and Enter the Dragon. I'll put it in the show notes for you for sure. But he's he's in this. This is a Golden Harvest movie, uh, Hong Kong company. The Golden Harvest released a whole bunch of Jackie Chan movies. Jackie Chan and Bruce Lee, you know, they they work together. I think they also uh, collaborated on Enter the Dragon. I'm uh, not Enter the Dragon. Um, Return of the Dragon as well. So, but no, that that whole scene, man, is just is just really great, and he gets captured. He's forced to fight uh, Roper. I guess John John Saxon has to finish off Bruce Lee in order to join Han's like supervillain club. I think Bruce Lee knows that Rover's not really going to completely go to the dark side, you know, and join Han's group. And here you have Bruce Lee, John Saxon. Here they go. They're teaming up. Han says, okay, Bolo, you go. This guy just took out all those guards, man, and just snapped them like twigs. I am so looking forward to him and Bruce Lee fighting. And, dude, that just doesn't happen. It definitely is a missed opportunity. I remember the first time I saw it, I kind of, I was kind of hoping that there was going to be a fight scene between Bolo and, and Bruce Lee. But unfortunately, it never was. Bolo Young, man, when he is like, like his facial expressions, when he's like stepping on somebody's face and it's a close-up of his face doing some insane expression, he has a lot of charisma, just like Bruce Lee does. Then... All hell breaks loose. You know, everybody just starts fighting. Everybody's just turning on everybody, and everybody's just beating everybody else up. Oh, my God. So, like, a and... giant karate battle. I always like how in Kung... You know, it's not even in just martial arts and kung fu movies. It's really in any battle sequence. Two people can pick each other out. They meet each other eye to eye, and they're getting ready, yeah. they're getting ready to go battle each other. Man, nobody at all whatsoever messes with them. You know they look serious. They they're giving each other eyes. If they do, if they do try to attack or something, they're just quickly dispatched. That's if anybody even notices them. And then we have the whole fight scene between Bruce Lee and and Hans, and then Hans gets the claw on his hand, man. That that whole set, everything, the way that fight scene is shot, the way everything is done, is absolutely amazing. Personal favorite, dude, the freaking mirror scene. That That is just fucking classic right there, man. Bruce Lee is whipping this guy's ass. There's this great fucking shot, man. I love this shot. Absolutely adore this shot. Han's in frame. He's right beside the the chest that holds all his fake hands and all his hand extensions. Yeah. And Bruce Lee just comes around and just kicks his head. And, dude, you actually – it's a dummy – but you see his foot just hit that thing, and you see the dummy fly out of frame so quick. Oh, oh my you do. gosh, like, really dude. Quick. It is amazing. Like yeah, and then How they cheat this fight scene and cut. what they show, it's brilliant. They cut really quick, like, and the dummy's head gets hit. Like, they, they cut that scene really, really quick, too. Where Bruce Lee, I think he gets cut on his chest. He, like, takes the blood and then licks it. And he like he goes into his stance and he's just like that's just fucking badass. Like yeah, Bruce Lee, you're a total badass, dude. 
I love I love all this. I love the imagery with all the mirrors. Man, the fact that they shot this in the 70s and you can't see the camera. It's stylized and at the same time, I do like how they occasionally like break away to these wide shots to give you a little bit of perspective into the room and then they really quickly like right after they give you a little bit of perspective like this is what the room really looks like they go right into the close-ups and the medium shots where you see all the different staggered reflections it's really cool it's really awesome imagery i like the in-fight scene and i mean i like that he falls on that spear at the end and how his body spins with the camera movement and it's so good. I just I love all of it. It's so great. It's such a perfect ending. I mean, you can definitely see where Conan the Destroyer ripped this movie off. You remember Conan the Destroyer where they they have that scene with the wizard and the ice uh, in the ice fortress? Yeah. yeah, looking at it, yeah, that's pretty pretty much an homage to to End of the Dragon. Yeah, right. It's t- I mean, like, look. I mean, Enter the Dragon. It goes beyond just martial arts movies being ripped off. A, a lot of a lot of films have paid homage, and if you want to call it ripped off, well, every, everything ripped from off. freaking Scooby Doo to the Dark Knight Returns. You know, there's there's a lot of influence that this uh, that this movie has had, and this in fight scene is just like I said, it's epic. The good guy wins. Yeah, and then and then Bruce Lee casually, you know, kind of walks out after defeating the bad guy. All the the huge fight is kind of it's kind of over. Good guys won. Well, yeah. I guess I guess this huge fight. All these other good guys came fr- from this secret agent lady that was undercover on Han's Island. She let all these prisoners out. I guess they were prisoners. They were fishermen that came too close to the island, yeah, and, they, and they and they kidnapped them. Yeah. And I guess they also know karate. Yes. But so, I mean, like, one thing I did want to touch on, like, uh, Bruce Lee's, like, walking out um, after feeding Han. And John Saxon's there, and he looks over, you know, at, at the madam of the prostitute ring, the madam of the brothel, his little honeybee, who he kind of formed a relationship with through the course of the movie. They throw this quick in-shot in, and, dude, she's just dead. She's just got this giant cut on her head, and she's just dead on the ground. Yeah, like she 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 just somehow got killed in the battle. I thought that was kind of dark for his character. I don't think his character really deserved that, or I don't know. What do you what do you think about yeah, that? Just, just I don't think it's really. It's kind of like out of nowhere. He, he grown feelings for her in that short little amount of time that they were living there or staying there. He caught feelings, bro. He caught feelings. So guys, don't catch feelings for girls that work for drug dealers, especially drug dealers that. No martial arts. Words of wisdom of the day, man. I think that's going to wrap us up for where Enter the Dragon. Sir, yeah. closing thoughts. What did you think? Man, this movie is, it's a classic movie. It's a classic martial arts movie. It's its beautifully shot. There's just so much to be said about this movie. It's like super kick-ass martial arts, James Bond movie. It, it has a diabolical villain. And it does have a few problems with storytelling a little bit, and but that still doesn't make it nonetheless a, a, a phenomenal and great film. Uh, I recommend on checking it out. What Bruce Lee movie would you recommend somebody watch if they'd never seen a Bruce Lee movie? 
Chinese connection or or Enter the Dragon. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, look, guys, here's the thing. Enter the Dragon, is it the best martial arts movie ever made? I don't know. You know, is it my favorite? I don't know. You know, there's a lot of great martial arts movies made. This is my probably my favorite Bruce Lee movie. This movie's a lot of fun. As every listener knows to this podcast, I'm a very big James Bond fan, and this just hits that nerve. It reminds me a lot of You Only Live Twice. The fight scenes are really, really amazing. The slow-mo is cool. Bruce Lee's expressions and, man, just his charisma is amazing. What he is able to do on screen, how fast he is, how just how limber and how what the things he can do, man, with his body are just mind-boggling. I do not understand them at all whatsoever. Absolutely incredible. I like so much. But, yes, I have some gripes. John Saxon, you know, John Saxon's probably not the best martial artist, okay? That's obvious when you watch this movie. I mean, you, you, there's no way you can get around that. The revenge plotline, it kind of gets dropped, and then it gets brought back up again, but... You know, I don't know. I guess I'm okay with it. I see what they're doing script-wise. And the first time when we watched the film, man, it's just so goddamn exciting. It's so captivating. You just don't think about any of this stuff, and you're just in awe of it. It, Man, it's so it's so much fun. It's a really good movie. Bruce Lee is uh, not only an amazing a talent with charisma, but, uh, man, he, he's also a, an amazing physical performer and an athlete. That did some. This is some amazing things. I, you know, look. Hey, I hope we uh, cover uh, some more of his movies on the podcast. I hope, I hope we go back and look at uh, the Chinese Connection and uh, maybe Way of the Dragon. Big Boss, not one of my favorites. Um, we'll probably skip that one, but um, maybe we'll look at these other two. I, I I look forward to it. You you guys, let us know what you think. So that's going to do it for us tonight. Um, you've been listening to the Movie Crew podcast. If you guys want to get in touch with us, our email address is the Movie Crew at gmail.com that is the movie crew crew is spelled c-r-e-w-e at gmail.com you can also follow us on facebook and twitter at movie crew pod uh paul where can they follow you sir uh you can follow me at twitter at paul r williams j1 look at you you're on twitter now sir yeah all right guys and we surely would appreciate it if you guys checked out um a film I was the editor on, uh, Jeremy Benson, one of our co-hosts, was the director for and writer and one of the producers for Girl in Woods. It's out right now on VOD. Anywhere you watch your video on-demand content, I'm talking DirecTV, iTunes, Amazon. If you're an Amazon Prime member, you can watch it there for free. No reason not to, guys. Go check it out. That's Girl in Woods. Uh, Clarious Weapon does the intro for our show. The show wouldn't be the same without the guy, so yeah, go show him some love. He just released a new song on SoundCloud and Facebook. Yeah, he, he makes some really great content, and he releases it quite often, so show the guys some love. We'll play their newest track right after we close out the show with a hey. little bit of Lilo Sheffrin's score. This is the theme for Into the Dragon. Enjoy.
So that's it. That's probably the only time Game of Death will ever come up. Okay, well, I, I guess I should mention real quick, this is kind of fun. Uh, in Game of Death, well, it's not kind of fun. It's actually, it's, you know, 
that was a really poor choice of words, and I apologize for that. Um, and I'm not, now I'm yeah, laughing, you, so you, I sound insincere. I sound like a dick. Let's rewind here. Still laughing. I know, right? 